thought gives from God only came from church. But the more that I live, the more I learn. It's not always the way it works. Sometimes you don't see it till you're looking back. When you didn't get what you thought you had to have. Cause he had a bigger plan than the one you had. Yours didn't work out, aren't you glad? When you take a look around, it ain't hard to find. Everybody's got things and money can't buy. Yeah. 
than the love that God demonstrates toward us. Good morning, my brothers and sisters. It's so good to be in the presence of the Lord and in his house of worship. Amen. This morning, the scripture is coming from Psalm 106, and it reads, Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good 
His faithful love endures forever. Who can list the glorious miracles of the Lord? Who can ever praise him enough? There is joy for those who deal justly with others and always do what is right. Remember me, Lord, when you show favor to your people. Come near and rescue me. Let me share in the prosperity of your chosen ones. Let me rejoice in the joy of your people. Let me praise you with those who are your heritage. Can we praise the Lord today because we are his heritage? Because he is faithful and his love endures forever. Can we look to the Lord? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, we could start to thank you now, and by the time the sun goes down and we close our eyes to go to sleep, we could not thank you enough if we just thanked you consistently, persistently every minute of this day. We thank you because you love us. We thank you because you sent your son to die for us so that we could be reunited with you through eternity. He didn't just die. He rose again with all power in his hands. So we thank you for that. We thank you for the freely given gift of salvation through Christ Jesus. We thank you because you have made this house of worship for us to come and just lift your name on high. We thank you because you have given us things that we could never give ourselves. We thank you, Lord, and we love you. We thank you for the message that we're going to hear today. We thank you for the man of God that you sent to give it. We just thank you, Lord, and we love you, Lord. Please hear our prayers. Please incline your ear toward us. Please grant us your peace. We'll be forever mindful to give you all the glory all the honor, and all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Hey, CTC family. I'm Chrissy, and here's this week's news. It's always great to be able to give good news about things we are able to do with the church. In recent days, we have been able to bless 45 families from both campuses with turkey baskets. Our Knitting Life Group recently dropped off over 100 knitted and crocheted hats, mittens, and scarves to the Newark Boys and Girls Club. And this year's Operation Christmas Child box count was 544. Thank you to everyone who participated in these ministries. Reaching out to our community is a huge part of what we believe God wants us to do as a church. We have been praying for God to show us practical ways to live that out. Rebecca Simpson has begun a tutoring program targeted at reaching students in the area of our Ellesmere campus. As of now, we have a full slate of tutors. All we need are students. If you know anyone who would benefit from this ministry, you can direct them to our website and click on tutoring at the top of the page. Christmas at CTC is always a special time. Coming together to celebrate the birth of Jesus gives us all hope, and spending time together gives us strength. This year, our Christmas Eve services will be December 23rd at 6 and 8 p.m. at the Bear Campus. Then, on December 24th, we will have services at 7 p.m. at Bear and Ellesmere. 
Our online campus will be live at 8 p.m. on the 23rd and 7 p.m. on the 24th. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.net or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the church office at 302-836-2862 or text us at 888-344-1022. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.net. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. morning and it's great to see all of you here at Christ the Cornerstone. I'm Pastor Roger and uh, I thank God for all of you who are here this morning whether you're in the room or whether you're watching us online. Thank you for being here. Uh, Those announcements are important. These are the ways in which we uh, grow in our faith, the ways we experience God's love with one another. We love God in worship, which is what we're doing this morning. We love God uh, in personal and private ways when, when we have private devotions, when we read scripture and things like that. And we love others. We serve God by using our talents and our gifts and everything that God has given to us. We serve God by serving God uh, here in the church and volunteering with doing things, but we also serve God when we tell others and help them experience the good news of Jesus Christ. And then we engage the world with a good message that God gives to us. We love, we serve, and we engage others in the world. That's what we do. And that's how we follow Jesus Christ as we learn to walk together in the faith. We uh, give you an opportunity to be generous and sharing with God. That is also an act of, of our faithfulness to God and our trust in Him. We have offering envelopes here on the tables. I want to ask you if you would please, uh, inside that envelope, we're placing information. In the room, we've got these Connect cards. Uh, ask everybody to take one of those Connect cards and fill it out. That's just one of the ways that we know who's been here. And it's a way that we stay connected and we can uh, pray for each other and encourage each other. So I want to encourage you to take the Connect card out of that and, and uh, fill it out. Place it in the offering baskets that are placed by the doorways as you leave this morning. If you're watching online, we thank you for being with us. We also have a Connect card kind of, an online connect card at our website, ctcde.net. We ask you to go there and fill that out. We also want to pray with you, pray for you, things that you need. Um, We have an opportunity to continue serving others in our community uh, online. If you want to help with Christmas things for uh, for families, you can participate in the angel tree uh, that is online. Here on on this campus, we have a, a tree in the mall area. And if you're willing to help out a local family for Christmas, take one of the cards that's on the tree, follow the instructions on that, and uh, help a family in one of our neighborhoods. And we thank you for that. I want to take an opportunity to continue worshiping God as we give and we pray together. So if you're in the room, I ask you if you're able, let's stand together as the team continues to lead us in singing.
God, let us pray. Father God, thank you for the talents this praise and worship team. You've blessed them with. You've blessed us all with talents. And you want us to share them to all the world. From the guitar players, the singers, to the organists. Thank you, Lord, for their talents. For these young adults, these teenagers that are out here doing the videos and audios to get the message across to people at home. Thank you for these young adults, Lord. Father God, there's children in this this auditorium now and thank you for the parents that love them so much they bring them here to learn about Jesus it's all about Jesus Lord thank you it is time now Lord it's been a busy week we've had a Thanksgiving and it's time to sit quietly to listen to the message you're going to bring to us thank you for the pastors that you've blessed Christ the cornerstone with here Pastor Vaughn and Pastor Bill and Pastor Sharon and our lead pastor, Pastor Rogers. Thank you for them, Lord. They love you so much. And every day they're just in prayer with you and in in research with you to learn what to say and how to say it and how to bring it to us. Now bring us a message from them, from you, through them, into our hearts. Stir up that Holy Spirit in us so we can understand everything they're saying. Thank you for the message. Lord, you've blessed Pastor Roger with a lot of talents. He can sing. He can preach. He can smile. He comes in here and gives it his all. And we thank you for that. Bless him. Protect him and his family, Lord. We love you. Oh, happy Thanksgiving, Lord. We're just just so thankful in all ways. We come to you in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. 
and morning again. I'm always so thankful for those kinds of prayers. Um, it's always humbling to have people pray for you, especially like that, and uh, pointing out the gifts that God has given us that just makes makes you wonder, God, am I using those gifts in a way that is pleasing to you and uh, lifting up others? I pray that you you experience that in your own life, too, that you've got people around you who are praying for you. And if not, uh, we'd love to be part of that in your life uh, for you to experience that with us. That's why we have those Connect cards that I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, because nobody should be walking through this life, through these experiences alone. And I think that's why you're here in the room. That's why you're here uh, watching uh, now. It's because you know that you don't want to be alone, that we are a family and we are in this thing together. And God created us as family. God created us to live it together. And so we're glad that you're here this morning. Thank you, Kevin, for that meaningful prayer. Last Thursday, Carolyn and I had a very COVID Thanksgiving, probably like you did, too. There are four of us in my family. We live together all the time. So uh, we were safe together, safely tucked away in our home. The meal was delicious. Cleanup was easier than usual. And uh, we didn't have to divide the leftovers among all the nieces and nephews and, and watch it go out the door. We get to keep all the leftovers, which tells you what's important to me. We had a little bit more time because it was an easier day. We had a little bit more time to rest and relax and visit with each other. Perhaps your day was a little bit like that, also a little bit simpler. I'm thankful for many things. and I'm thankful for my extended family who are scattered across the country from New York to here in Delaware to, to Georgia and Florida, Arkansas, and even in Oregon. We spoke over the phone with, with some of them, but I guess, I'm, and we would have enjoyed being together with them, but I guess I'm kind of trying to find a way to very nicely say, I enjoyed not getting together with all of them. Now, don't judge me. <laughs> I love my family, but I did notice that not crowding together in one of our homes was a little bit simpler and a little bit less stressful. I didn't worry about would somebody be in the bathroom when I needed to use it. <laughs> I didn't worry about who was I going to have to sit next to and would we have be able to have good conversation. Those major things that we all experience in our families didn't worry about it. Anyway, I'm being a little bit facetious in these things. We had, we had a relaxing day for giving thanks and enjoying one another, and I hope you were able to give thanks, too. I think it's safe to say that we all have family members that we love, <laughs> who are easy to love, and we all have family members that challenge our interpersonal relationship skills, right? Please say yes. I'm not the only one. We have our favorite people to love and our favorite people to tease, and we are somebody's favorite to love, and we are somebody's favorite to be te to tease. So during this Christmas series, we're going to be looking at some family issues. Because it's tough living together as family. But we are family. We're going to look at the story of Joseph, not the story of Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, and her husband Joseph. But Joseph from the Old Testament. 
This is the Joseph who is the grandson of Isaac. He's the great grandson of Abraham to whom God made a big promise. Now, I have a great grandfather who was also a preacher. And so that heritage that I know, I never I don't I don't recall that I ever met my great grandfather that was that was a preacher. I think he died before I was born, but I certainly learned about him and I came to appreciate him and I came to admire that he was a pastor in the Methodist church a hundred years ago, more than a hundred years ago. And that heritage has shaped me in hearing about him. So we're looking at the story of Joseph, whose great grandfather was given this big promise from God. And that promise got a bit messy as God was playing out that promise. But the messiness of fulfilling the promise does not stop God from fulfilling the promise. God makes a promise to humanity. And we're going to learn, we're going to hear what that is in a second. But I want us to get that the messiness of our lives, the messiness of family, does not stop God from bringing into reality the promise, this big promise that he has made to us. And God's promise is that everybody on earth will be part of that promise if we are willing to trust and go there. The promise that God made to Joseph's great-grandfather was that through the family of Abraham, God would bless all the nations of the world. God chose to bless the world through family. uh, Now, we think of our families and we think, uh, what What did Pastor Roger just say? My family? Your family. God's plan for bringing salvation to this world involves family and community. But family is the first community that we're part of. God chose to bless this world through family. We all know that families get messy because we are humans. And there's not one family on this earth that doesn't have its troubles and problems. Yet, God still chooses to use family to be a blessing. We'll learn more about that in a minute. Several years ago, my brother and his wife sent us a Christmas package for the family. They lived in Georgia. We were living in New York, I think, at the time. Maybe it was Pennsylvania. I can't remember. The children were, uh, Emily might have been six, seven or eight years old, and Ryan was nine, ten or eleven years old. She thought, I think she thought she was sending a gift that would be fun for the family. But I opened it and I said, what kind of a gift is this? And if my sister-in-law is watching today, uh, forgive me, but thank you for the gift. (laughs) I looked at Carolyn with a bit of a, a, a look of confusion and disgust. What is this gift? 
I, sh- I held up the box that was printed with bright pink and yellow colors, and Carolyn read the words printed clearly on the box. Make your own chewing gum kit. What kind of a gift is this? She said, you've got to be kidding. That's not a gift. That's a mess. <laughs> Let me tell you about this miss, mess. I probably waited until Easter to open that. I didn't even show it to the children. They had no idea that we got this gift because I didn't want them to get excited and say, oh, let's do that. No, this is one of those gifts that's going back under the tree someplace where nobody can see it. So I probably waited until Easter to open the gift. One day, I guess, curiosity got the best of me, and I probably had a lot of energy knowing that I'd have to clean up a mess. So I decided to call Ryan and Emily to the kitchen, and I said, let's make some chewing gum, because that's what everybody wants to do. Well, the advertising on the box did little to convince me, but there were three key words on it that said, natural ingredients. Okay, that's really selling it. Simple instructions. Okay, okay, maybe we can do this. And then sweet results. Okay, well, that's a little disappointing. <laughs> no kidding, it's candy. So I was, looking, I was really looking for the word someplace printed on there, 100% satisfaction guaranteed or your money back, because I thought, surely we're going to get our money back from this gift. But I turned the box over and I read more about those natural ingredients and the simple instructions, and this is what I read. It said, make your own chewing gum with natural rainforest rubber. That's exactly what I want to do. Everything you need is included, and it's easy. Inside each make-your-own-chewing-gum kit, you'll find natural chewing gum base, whatever that is. Confectioner's sugar corn syrup, two natural flavors, a small pan. Thank you very much. Simple instructions and a story about the sustainable harvest of rubber. I'm so glad. First, you soften the gum base, either in the microwave or the stove. Then you add the sugar, corn syrup, and flavoring. Knead it a little, and wow, you've made your own gum right at home. Each gum kit makes 30 to 50 pieces of chewing gum. Adult supervision is recommended. Just recommended? <laughs> like, what? A fun activity for, listen, teachers, classrooms, please. Scout troops, birthday parties, homeschools, date nights. Come on, Carolyn, let's make some bubble gum. And more. A great gift for kids ages eight and up, and gum chewers of all ages. You ready to play this game? Oh my gosh. So Ryan and I got Ryan and Emily and I got started. All I remember is however much confectioner's sugar was included in the kit, it was not nearly enough. The simple instructions told us after mixing the ingredients that we should use the press to shape our gum. Well, the press was kind of like this Play-Doh thing that you put the you put the Play-Doh in it and you push down on it and it presses it through this shaper and, and it comes out in, in a, a, I don't know, a, a stick or a tube or whatever shape of dye you use. 
So we tried this thing, and the gum, you can imagine, was very sticky after we mixed it together. So the simple instruction said, simply make sure that you place confectioner's sugar on the press and on the gum so that it doesn't get just stuck in the press. Well, it took a mountain of sugar in order to to get it through this press. And there was sugar every place. I don't ever recommend having powdered sugar every place. And then in frustration, you go, this is crazy. And you create this dust cloud that then you realize, what have I done? And you inhale it. And all of a sudden, you've got this powdery stuff in your nose. And it's like pepper. And then you sneeze. And then you've got powdered dust all over the place. It was crazy. (laughs) And it was sticky. And it was a mess. And you wonder, what good can come from this mess? (laughs) Isn't that what we're all wondering about the, the messes in our life, right? What good can come from them? Well, let's turn back to the story of Joseph now. I survived the gum story, and, and I have not yet figured out what kind of a gift to send back to my sister-in-law to get revenge on this. So, Holly, again, if you're watching, you have a grandchild now, so just wait for it. It's coming. Back to Joseph. Joseph finds himself in the middle of a tremendous family mess. The story of Joseph covers several chapters in the book of Genesis in the Bible. Now, Joseph is the 11th of 12 children, 11 of 12 sons, there are other daughters, sons of Jacob. But Joseph was Jacob's favorite. Any of your families have favorites? Of course they do. And if anybody denies that somebody doesn't have favorites... There's always a favorite. His his father Jacob honored favorite Joseph by giving him a coat of many colors, the Bible tells us. Andrew Lloyd Webber came out with a musical in the 70s, Joseph and His Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. It's the story of Joseph. So maybe this afternoon, if you want to watch a movie or watch a musical, look that up and rent it or, or... Watch it. You'll see this story. But Grant, but his father's great favoritism clearly annoyed all the other brothers, and they were terribly jealous. One day, Jacob told his son Joseph to go find his brothers who were tending the family's herds and flocks out in the pastures. It probably took him hours to get to find them. And when they finally, his brothers saw him coming... They plotted out of their jealousy to kill Joseph. But instead of having a messy murder, they decided to drop him into the pit of a well where he would eventually starve and die. And they would make up a story to tell their father about Joseph's death. So while Joseph was down in that well, a caravan of traders came by. They were on their way to Egypt, and so the brothers decided to, instead of letting their brother die in the well, let's get some profit out of him, so let's sell him to these traders as a slave, which they did. 
So Joseph was sold as a slave, carried to Egypt, where he was sold into the service of a man named Potiphar, who was one of Pharaoh's administrators. Now back home, the brothers returned to their father, and they explained to, Joseph, to, to Jacob, his father, that Joseph was killed by a lion, but they were just lying. You got that? Jacob's father, Jacob, Joseph's father, grieved deeply for his son, thinking that he was dead, as any father would do. And many years passed, much anguish was experienced. And we'll talk about what happens during those years in the months, in the weeks to follow. But for now, let's just say that while he was in Egypt, Joseph both suffered and he thrived. And eventually, Joseph rose to high power and was given authority over all of Pharaoh's grain storage warehouses. So that when a famine came to Egypt, Joseph was in charge of all of the food. And he had done such a good job that he could provide food for the Egyptian people. As I was reading this, I began thinking of us uh, in this time of COVID and the the decisions that our government has to make. And it's not the first time in the history of humanity that government has been depended upon to do things that individuals could not do for themselves. And it gave me a different perspective, both on the role of the government and the work of government. And even back then, here is God taking care of people through this man, Joseph, who both suffered and thrived Because of it, because of the mess of his family, God is working it out this way. When famine came to the land, Joseph was able to provide grain to the Egyptian nation as well as nearby nations. They had stockpiled it knowing it would be needed in years to come. Well, Joseph's brothers lived in those nearby nations, and so one day, they came to Egypt desperate to find some food. They didn't know Joseph was in charge of the food. And when they went to Joseph asking for, to buy some food, they didn't recognize Joseph, but he recognized them. And after some tense and tricky meetings, and we'll read about those in the weeks to come, Joseph eventually revealed his identity to his brothers. He forgave his brothers and he saved the family by providing food to them all. Now remember that this is the family that God had made a promise through great-grandfather Abraham that this family would be a blessing to all the nations of the earth. And had it not been for Joseph getting thrown into that well and going through the trouble of his jealous brothers... Joseph would not be in this position to be a blessing not just to the Egyptian people, but to his own family and all the nations of the earth. God is bringing good out through this. Joseph eventually revealed his identity and forgave his brothers and saved the family by providing food to them all. Joseph was finally reunited with his father, His father, Jacob, moved the whole family down to Egypt, and everything seemed okay until Jacob, the father, died. Now think about, I know I I am rushing through a family tree and a family history (laughs) very quickly. And some of you are familiar with the story and the details of it. You're like, oh, Pastor Roger, you're skipping over this and this and this. We just don't have time for all of that detail. 
So father died. But you know, father and mothers at times become the glue to a family. And there are family members who do certain things because mother said so. And there are families that won't do certain things because mother wouldn't stand for that. But when mother dies, or when father dies, who knows what's going to happen next, right? So father died. The brothers wondered if now that father is dead, would Joseph get revenge on his brothers finally? Now we're finally ready to read our scripture for the day. Had to set that all up for us. But it's Genesis chapter 50. Last book in, in, in the book of Genesis, or the last chapter in the book of Genesis, chapter 50, beginning with verse 14, we read this. So Joseph and his brothers, after burying Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who accompanied him to his father's burial. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him, they said. They didn't forget it. So they sent a message to Joseph that said, Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, Please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you. Now they're only asking forgiveness because they know that their father would want them to do that, right? That's what it says. (laughs) Not a very good apology. Please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So, we servants of God, of the God of our fa- your Father, we beg you to forgive our sin. Now, would they have asked forgiveness if they kn- didn't know that Joseph had power over them? You know, there are times when we need to ask forgiveness just because we need to ask forgiveness. Not because there's a greater authority telling us to do so. We teach that to children. And we pray that our children will learn to say I'm sorry before mom and dad have to come and say, you need to say you're sorry. God is teaching us all to say, I'm sorry. Even though there's nobody there forcing us to say it. Nonetheless, Look, this is, a, this is the family that God has chosen. And it is no different than your family and my family. So when Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. And then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph, saying, look, we are your slaves. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Uh, Am I God that I should punish you? You intended harm to me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. And so he reassured them. By speaking kindly to them. Through all of the trouble of Joseph's family, God continued to fulfill His big promise. And it's a promise to all people of every nation in the world. 
And God is still fulfilling the promise that He made to Abraham that His family would be a blessing to all people. Christmas is about God fulfilling that in the person of Jesus. Joseph's story teaches us that what others intended for harm, God intends it all for good. And in the coming weeks before we get to Christmas, we'll unpack this story even further, especially this year and especially in this season, which is so important for us to hear how God is bringing good through whatever experiences we're having in our families, in our workplace, in our communities, and in our world. God is making all things for good. We need to trust that and act on that. Act as if we trust that what God is doing is for all good. And because of his presence in Joseph's life, Joseph was able to look at his brother because of God's presence in Joseph's life. He was able to look at his brothers and said, You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. God brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. So do not be afraid. I will continue to take care of you. This story is only the beginning of a thread of truth that God is blessing His people. Jesus is the fulfillment of that blessing. We celebrate that at Christmas. That's what this is about. Jesus is a, 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 a descendant, I was going to say ancestor. Jesus is a descendant of Abraham, the very one that God made this promise to. So Jesus fulfills that final act of salvation for us. Jesus forgives all our sins, all of them, so that we can turn to others and says, because God has forgiven all my sins, family, I can forgive you. And it's the message that we have to give to other people. It's a big promise that God has made to us and God is relying on His family. All of us who have faith in Jesus Christ, we are grafted, adopted into that family of Abraham, that family of God. So we now are His family. With God's presence guiding us. This is only the beginning of that thread of truth that God is blessing His people. Jesus is the one who is with Joseph while Joseph is down in the pit in in that well. Jesus is with him. Jesus is with Joseph tied to the caravan of the traders. Jesus is with Joseph as he serves Potiphar in his household. Jesus is with Joseph while Joseph is put in prison for a crime he never committed. And Jesus is with Joseph to help equip him with skills and knowledge that saves him and gets him out of prison. And Jesus is with Joseph when he sees his brothers pleading for mercy. Jesus is with Joseph with these words of forgiveness and comfort and hope and a promise to provide and care for them. And Jesus is with you by your trust in him, by your faith. And God is at work in whatever mess you find yourself in. Because you trust in Jesus, He is with you, working the mess in life all for good. 
God will use our messes for good. Jacob believed that Jesus fulfilled that big promise. And you and I can trust it with our lives. And we don't, we don't get to experience it until we trust it. I think I said last week, a little analogy that I think of often of the bridge. And I can say all day long that I believe that bridge is going to hold me up. I trust that bridge. But I'm never going to experience the power of that bridge until I take a step and walk out onto the bridge. And so we've got to take a step and rely on Jesus. We have to do what Jesus tells us to do. We have to confess our sins to Him. We have to follow Him, love others as He has loved us. And when we decide to follow Him, that's when that bridge appears. Ah, thinking of that old, the first Indiana Jones movie, man, that goes back a long way, right? Or maybe, I don't know which movie it was, but there's a scene in which he's looking for that Holy Grail. Maybe it was the third movie, I don't know. But there's this great big chasm. And Indiana Jones remembering some kind of, uh, of, uh, of saying that, he, that guides him to this. But there's this big chasm that he's got to cross over and he knows the Holy Grail is right over there. Then he realizes that the riddle that is going in his head is telling him to take a leap of faith. But there's no bridge there. If I step out into this chasm, I'm going to fall. But as soon as he, he decides that he's got to trust that word, and he's got to put his foot out over that chasm, and he's got to put a weight put his body weight onto that which is nothing to his human eye. But as soon as he puts his weight on that spot, the bridge appears and he crosses over. That's Indiana Jones. But it's a great picture of faith and trusting in God. We have to do that with Jesus. We have to act on what He tells us. We have to say, Jesus, I trust You enough to do what You say. And then we will see the results of it. We're not going to see the results before we act and do it. One more illustration and reminder that God takes our messes, our failures, our cockeyed plans and uses them for good. And I'll need some volunteers to help with this. I've got a little Christmas tree. We need to change the camera angles a little bit. I'd like six people. Children, if you want to participate in it, I promise it's going to be fun. I got some silly string. And we're going to make a mess. Okay, here comes Nathan. He's interested. Come on. Nathan, why don't you stand right down there in front. Anybody else? Want? Okay. Are you hope or faith? I didn't hear you. Faith. Very good, Faith. Come on, grab it. Let me give you about... All right. Oh, now they're coming. Faith. Yeah, Faith. Why don't you come on, stand up here with me. Colin and well, you guys stay down there. We want to make sure that the people who are watching at home can, can see too. So, Colin, take the lid off. You can take the lids off. Catherine, this is for yours. See how it... You've got you to push that button kind of like a spray paint thing. And it's going to squirt. Don't squirt it yet. You've got to take the lid off, and then there's another lid in there that you've got to take that one off too. Hold it tight. I'll pull it off. There we go. Oh, maybe or not. Hmm. Did you get it off? You're, you're ready? Wait a minute. i got one, two, three, four. 
I got two. Come on. I got two more. Rick? Got to shake it a little bit like this. All right. There you go. All right. So stand a little bit away. And so here's the tree. I want you to aim your thing at the tree. And I want you to make a mess of the tree. And we're going to see if it looks good or bad uh, when we're done with it. All right. And we'll see which of you is going to spray Pastor Roger. All right, go. Squirt the tree. Oh, there you go. Oh, ah, ah. <laughs> now, wait a minute. We're going <laughs> to keep spraying. Keep spraying. Oh, no. oh, you got me. Where's Catherine? Oh, he's done. You know, Rick, can you help Catherine get hers going? She's having. Spray the top of it. We gotta push the top of it down. Oh, oh, oh! Oh, this is gonna be fun. Go! Yeah, use the thumb. Oh, it's pointing right at Pastor Roger. Harder. Put your thumb on there too. There you go. Hey guys, step back. Let's look at the tree a little bit. How did we do? Is that is that messy? Does it look good? What do you think, Catherine? Does it look good? Let's say a prayer together, and let's thank God for the messes and for His promise to. Oh no! <laughs> Who did that? All right, let's pray together. Will you pray with me? Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Jesus, it takes a lot of guts sometimes to say thank you for the messes in our life. God, we thank you for our families. We thank you for the story about Joseph and everything that you've done in his life. And we're going to learn more about that as the weeks come, as we're getting ready for Christmas. But Lord, some of us have great messes in our lives, and we know that it's not easy to go through them. But Jesus, we want to take, we want to take time to say thank you, and we trust you. Go ahead, put your finger on top of mine, Catherine. Ready? One, two, three, go. There we go. Let's get your brother. All righty. Sometimes praying can be a lot of fun. Anyway, Jesus, we're so grateful for you being with us. And uh, Lord, thank you for these children who helped make this illustration. And God, we know that these and many other children are going to experience all kinds of things in their lives. But we're trusting them to you, that you are working all things for good. Remember that scripture, that you work all things for good for those who love the Lord. So we ask you to forgive our own sins. Help us love you. Help us love others. Fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we can be the people that you want us to be. Colin is still trying to get that stuff off his pants. He's perfectly fine. Jesus, we thank you. Be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let me invite you, if you're here in the room, let's stand together as we continue to worship and sing. Thank you, Faith. Waiting. 
Amen. Praise the Lord. Didn't we have a good time today, brothers and sisters? Hallelujah. God is good. He's blessed us with one another in this beautiful church. And we got to thank Pastor Roger for a wonderful, wonderful sermon today. I don't know about you. Amen. Let's give honor unto those who deserve honor. That's our pastor. And I love the message. I told him last night I needed to hear that. Because sometimes in life you feel like the way that tree looked at to begin with, with the strings all over the place going crazy. But at the end, God is making a masterpiece. And he's doing that in our lives. And that's a good word to hold on to. And we need to tell that to other people also that we encounter that God is doing something good in their life. And what the devil meant for harm, God has turned it out for their good. Amen. So I'd like to say, if there's anybody here who needs to talk about anything in your life, you want to get closer to Jesus, if you don't know him as your Lord and your Savior, please come to one of us up here on the platform and one of the ministers. We'd love to talk to you and tell you how much God loves you, that he did give his only begotten son so that we'd have eternal life and not have to go to a Christless grave. God wants us in heaven with him. Amen? Praise God. So let me just pronounce a blessing upon you unto he who was able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forevermore. Amen. And continue having a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving should be every day. Amen. And share it with somebody. God bless. Have a nice day.